and welcome to The Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctor in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of The Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today's episode, we have Heather Brooker. Hello, Heather. Hi, Mama. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What a perfect way to start my day is catching up with you. I'm so excited. I know, especially through this pandemic. I feel like I've missed all my friends so much. So it's so great just to sit down and chat with you for a little while. I know. It's so nice. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, we were um, all like, let's have Zoom parties every week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we were going to plan weekly ones and that thing lasted maybe two weeks and maybe then, two you know, weeks, we were all like, oh, I'm tired. I just want to <laughs> watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Life just happens, you know, in a different way. Yeah. Um, but no, it's great to sit down and we have a really good episode today. We are going to be talking about balancing mom, wife and work life. Um, but first, before we start, I want to tell everyone, I'm sure everyone knows who you are because you're the Heather Brooker, but it's true. It's true. It, <laughs> it is true. But for anyone who doesn't know my friend Heather, she is a wife. She is a mom. She is an actress. She is a two-time Emmy award-winning journalist. Amazing. And you're a t- TV personality. You are an entertainment reporter for NBCLA.com. And you have a Webby award-winning podcast called Motherhood in Hollywood and also have appeared in over 40 films and television shows. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. When you put it like that, I do sound like a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) No, you totally are. I mean, well, that's what we're going to talk about today is, you know, you you have such a... exciting and amazing resume. You, um, you know, whether it's in your professional work life or your home life, you balance so much. And so what we're going to talk about is, you know, what it's like to be a working mom and before the pandemic and now since the, the pandemic. And, you know, one question I get asked a lot is how do you balance it all? You know, do you sleep? Do you, you know, do you take breaks? You know, how do you get it all done and how do you make it look so easy? Which I don't know if I actually do. I feel like when I look at your life, I feel like you make it look easy, but you know, I, I would love to talk to everyone today about some tips on how to balance, you know, work life and mom life and how everything can come together and still work, um, without having the mom guilt attached to it. I love that. That is a great point. And I want to, I want to follow up on something you just said, like there is definite, um, there is a definite comparison feeling when you look at other people's social media and you think, oh man, why didn't I think of those colors? Or why didn't I go to that, that thing, you know, or why didn't I come up with that cool phrase or saying, or while they make it look so effortless, but what you don't see is the hurried behind the scenes cleaning up of one space in your house. So you can take that picture or the frantic night before, you know, you have content that's due and you're ordering something from Amazon to wear, um, or like, you know, the, the last minute run to target for a prop or something, you know, like there's, there's all of those fun things, um, that go into the behind the scenes of, of making that content. And some people show it and some people don't, you know, we like to make it look like it was, you know, so effortless, but there's a lot of effort, as you know, that goes into creating good content online. So. Absolutely. And that's even one more thing. I didn't even talk about, you know, the My amazing <laughs> content creation <skills>. <laughs> <laughs> and your amazing following. I mean, you, you add that to your, you know, um, list of your, you know, daily activities as well. And it's just, it's, it's really impressive. And, you know, and, and you have such a positive outlook on, on life. And I, I just feel like, I mean, you're one of the funniest people I know. Um, yeah. you really are. You Thank keep you. things. Yeah, no, I mean it. I mean, you keep things so light and, and so positive and so funny. And, um, if you haven't been around Heather before, I mean, it's anytime you're around her, you are definitely going to laugh. You are definitely going to have a good time. So, but let me ask you, I know things sometimes aren't easy. I mean, life happens and, you know, there are some challenges that we, that we go through. And like you said, sometimes things on the outside look a little different than how they actually are on the inside. But how do you stay so positive? Um, You know, despite everything we've been through this last year, how do you keep that positive outlook? Well, I mean, full disclosure, I am in a very 
happy marriage. I love my husband. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll shout it from the rooftops. I love mm-hmm. being married. Um, and with that comes, you know, he's a wonderful sounding board for me. And I have moments when I'm not so positive and when I get frustrated. I- I'm a very analytical thinker for such a creative person. I'm, mm. I I play out conversations in my mind. I do like um, different scenarios of what a the direction something could go in like, okay, if I do this, 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 and this could happen. What's the, what's going to be the best outlook? How will I react if it, I'm very analytical in that way, almost a little nuts. Um, (laughs) but I I talk, I talk out a lot of stuff, um, with my husband, if I'm starting to feel down or frustrated or blue and, you know, he's my biggest cheerleader and he reminds me of the things that I have accomplished And I think it's so important to remember, especially, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. If you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else, or if you find yourself saying, oh, I'm just not where I want to be in my career, which I do all the time. I'm not, even though it seems like I may have done a lot, I feel like I'm not where I want to be. Right. Um, When I start to sort of go down that rabbit hole, which is easy to do, especially over this last year when we've all been so isolated, I have to... um, you know, check myself before I wreck myself to quote the great (laughs) rappers, (laughs) Ice Cube. Um, But I have to check myself a little bit and go, wait a minute, is this worth me ruining, you know, my, the hour that I have off in the day to worry about, or is this worth me, you know, being stressed out or, or constantly looking at my phone or right. Is it worth it? So, and I'm pretty good about balancing my feelings in that way where I don't get too deeply emotional. Um, and I try to just say, you know what, this too shall pass. There is something else, you know, I've got to just pick up my bootstraps and move on to the next thing, you know? And, right. um, so that's why I tr- how I try to stay positive. I also feel like I, like you said earlier, I love to make people laugh. I feel like I was put on this planet to bring some joy into people's lives. Absolutely. So it's hard for me to wallow in any negativity for too long. Yeah. So, I and ultimately that. that's, that's it. I love that. I mean, I'm I'm the opposite. My husband's actually a lot like you in that sense. And I'm the one who sits there and worries and ruminates and, you know, thinks about all maybe the, like, if I'm not feeling well, I think of like worst case scenario, what could be wrong with me versus just saying, you know what, don't worry about it. Like you're going to get better or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's okay to let yourself, I think, go, oh, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm having this feeling at this moment. Like, I think sure. it's okay to feel that way as long as you don't allow it to take over your life or stay in that, in yeah. that way. And that's, what's hard. And again, especially over this last year, it's hard to like buck all the bad news and like shake it off and go, okay, it's going to be brighter days. I mean, there were literally times when I was like, oh my God, we're going to be in this situation for ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Like pe- politics were um, so stressful. The pandemic was stressful. People were writing and, you know, it was oh, just yeah. like, oh my gosh. And it was overwhelming. And I think that it's hard, but if you can find someone to talk to, if you can find someone to lean on and just say, Hey, can I share something with you? Or can I talk about my feelings with you? It's so important to help you get out of that pit of despair, you know, that we can find ourselves in sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And I I love the way you worded that too. I think it's, and I completely agree with you. Um, A couple of things you touched on that I want to go back on a little bit is, and I know I've I've heard you say this personally, I've seen you shared on social media, and I know he's been a guest on your podcast. Um, Let's talk about your husband for just a quick second, because even as a licensed (laughs) marriage and family therapist, I don't hear other women or other moms saying, that they love their spouse as much as I feel like I've heard you say about your husband and which is refreshing. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and I feel like, especially over this last year, especially since you both have been home all day, every day, you know, including your daughter, 
Um, you know, you probably don't get a lot of time to yourself, I'm assuming. No, um, we're on top of each other <laughs> all the time. Nobody leaves the house. No, we I all, know. We all either like leave together. Occasionally we take breaks, but we all like, we're all here all the time. Right. Which I think for many people that might break their marriage or that might, right. you know, break their relationship. Cause I don't know if, if the, you know, the world was intended for two people or even three people, four people, whoever's in yes. your family to spend that much time together all yes. day, every day for as long as we have. But <laughs> I agree, <laughs> but you're coming out of this being, you know, saying that you're going to shout it from the rooftops. And like I said, it's just very refreshing. It's amazing. So um, let's, if you could give us some tips, you know, some PG tips on, <laughs> why do you have to say PG? Okay, Cause you know well, me. <laughs> yeah. We'll do another, another show, another time just on, on the, on the R rated. I'm not drinking show. wine. I'm not, if I was drinking wine, I'd be like, no, F your PG. <laughs> we're gonna, but I'm doing coffee. We're so we're good. Right. If we're, if we did a podcast in the evening, I'm sure it would be a completely different concept, <laughs> <Sure>. but, um, <laughs> but how, but, so, but on a serious note, how do you prioritize your marriage? How do you really make it work? Um, to, to put it on the forefront, to make it an important part of your life and to put him first? You know, I have to say part of the reason why I say that so proudly is because several years ago, somebody in the mom influencer space shamed me Hmm. because they did not believe that I could truly have a happy marriage because they were not in a happy marriage. Hmm. And they did not believe that I could be in love with my husband after so many years or not have huge fights or whatever. Right. Um, They thought they accused me of being false in that way. And I remember feeling very ashamed and been, and was sort of like, should I have, should I be Hmm. having problems? I don't. And then I just said, you know what? F that I am a 40 something year old woman. I don't, have to apologize for loving my husband. I don't have to apologize for having a happy marriage. And, um, does that mean it's all roses and sunshine every day? No, of course not. But I also don't feel the need to like drag our problems or any issues we may be having out into the public. Like, I don't think that that's necessary to prove that I'm just like everybody else. Right. So I think there's also, there is power in acknowledging that it's okay to be in love with your husband. You know, like there's almost like the opposite is happening, I think, online where people are like, they feel like they have to disparage their spouse in some way to be accepted or be cool. And, you know, my husband and I have been together Mm -hmm. over 20 years and it's like, what is there left to fight about? What is there left? You know, we haven't, we're happy with each other. We love each other. He's my best friend. And, um, it just seems like it's kind of cool to be like, oh, my husband's lazy. He doesn't take out the trash or he doesn't do that. It's cool and it's yeah. like funny to do that. And our f- relationship from the very beginning has been built on a foundation of mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Beyond our sex life, beyond being parents, beyond our careers, all of that, we have always ultimately had such deep respect for each other as human beings and as friends. Mm. Like you wouldn't go online and t- and say horrible things about your friends. So why right. is it okay to do that with your wife or husband? Um, I just think, I, I just think that it's just too comfortable now for people to do that. And they, sometimes I think people do it to try to be like, look how relatable I am. Not thinking about it might be hurtful to the other person in your relationship. And then that creates a wedge of, you know, untrust. And so I'm just like, I'm not going to do that because we don't, you know, I'm not going to make up something or whatever. Like I may joke around about, you know, something funny he did or whatever, but one of the, one of the Insta (laughs) stories I posted, this is so random that got the biggest response. I kid you not out of everything that I posted and I've been to the Oscars, I've traveled the world. <laughs> the Insta story that got the most reaction and messages was when I posted a picture of him in the living room with me folding laundry and watching Bridgerton oh or no, God. Emily in Paris. It was Emily in Paris. Oh People my were God. like, that's amazing. I was like, yeah, this is just who he is. We just chill. And I sit through his horrible sci-fi stuff. Like that's just what we do, (laughs) you know? Uh, But ultimately like, and I think everybody's journey is different. I know not everybody has that type of dynamic and, you know, they have to really work at finding a comfortability place. And, you know, and I'm sure you see it a lot in your practice too, but um, 
I, that's not my story. And so I feel very comfortable and very confident sharing my story. And it, and it doesn't mean, and I don't share it to be judgmental of anybody else's situation. I don't share it to be comparing anybody else's situation to mine. It, and also I, I'm not, no, I know that it could change. Like something could happen tomorrow and we, you know, we could drift apart. Like who knows? Like who knows? I just know that in this moment and for the past 20 some odd years, he's my best friend. I love him and I have deep respect for him. So I love that. And, and I think respect does go a long way. And I think mm-hmm. that's where it begins. And, you know, once you have that in place, then things will, will come to play, whether it, it is, you know, in an emotional um, connection, whether it's the sexual connection, you know, yeah. all those things come into play. But I do believe respect is a big foundation for, for a happy marriage. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you have a, a big anniversary coming up this year. Yes, yes. Yeah. Our 20th is coming up in May. And we had um, for years talked about doing, you know, a big vow renewal, escape to Hawaii. We were going to invite all of our original wedding party and some of our oh, guests wow. and friends and invite everybody to go with us. And then the pandemic hit. So like a lot yeah. of people, we had to change our plan. So now it's just going to be the three of us, me, Chris and Channing, and we're going to go to Hawaii and have a little vow renewal on the beach and just keep it simple and unplug and, you know, well, unplug sort of, I'm going to be sharing every second on social media, but of course, of course. Unplug in my world, unplug. (laughs) I love it. Well, I can't wait to see it. Um, actually my husband and I got married in Maui. Um, and our 10, yeah, our 10 year anniversary is coming up in May, actually May 27th. I don't know when yours is May 5th, May 5th. Okay. So May 27th is ours and we're having our 10 year this year and we're actually going back to Maui. Um, but it's in April, so we won't be there at the same time, but um, but we're trying to do it too. But vow renewals, I, I, this is totally off topic, but I've realized through my research that vow renewals are actually really intense and really expensive. I almost more, I've been quoted some quotes that are actually more than what my wedding cost. <laughs> so. Me too. Me too. I told Chris, I was like, we didn't even spend this much on our original wedding 20 years ago. Like I what? Know. when we I had know. like, we had like 150 people or something like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Where, where are you going in Maui? Um, so we're going to spend half of this, um, half of the time on the Canapali side and then the <gasps> other side on the Wailea side. Nice. And are you yeah. taking the kids or just the two of you? Yes. Yeah. The four of us are going to go. So it's going to be like a little family vacation slash vow renewal, but I don't know if we're going to actually do a, an official like ceremony, you know, esque, mm-hmm. or if we're just going to like dress up and, you know, take some nice pictures on the beach or, you know, we're not I'm, quite honestly, sure, but I just feel like after doing so much research and like, like reading into it, you know, you can go all out. Like it's your big, you know, chance to do that. But also it's like, it's just should be something sweet and special for you guys. And if that means something simple and the problem is too, is that we're going to, we're still going to be in the pandemic then. So it's not like you can have like a big blowout. So I know. I, wish. I was like, I go, I can't, I told Chris, I was like, we can't even, I don't even feel comfortable inviting our guests or our wedding party, because it's like, this is going to be the first time in over a year, a lot of them will have vacation or have vacation time. Exactly. And they're not going to want to come to Hawaii for our power renewal. <laughs> you know, like they're going to be like, no, thanks. We want to go see our family. Right. And so, then I think, oh, do I need to get like matching, you know, masks, like a white mask and he wears oh, like totally a black, you know, like it. to match our outfits. Like that's yeah. a whole nother level of, you know, do we, can we, do we have to wear the mask or in the ceremony? Because, yeah. we're, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, oh my God. So we're literally going to be doing the same thing. Giving your tips and tell me yes, when you do it. Because okay, you're yeah. You're going before me, but give me your tips. Um, I will. Yeah, let's talk offline because I'm sure we have lots to share with each other. But yes, yes, I'm excited for both of us. And you know, and it's you know, it's just even the fact of just talking about the vow renewal and, and you know, prioritizing prioritizing marriage. You know, it's just you know, even just a simple act of of saying I do again. You know, after so many years and recommitting yourself to that mm-hmm. person. Um, you know, it's it's a ceremony that it's it means more than just the actual ceremony itself. Like it, it yeah. really. You know, recommits that that purpose of being together and wanting to be together, and um, so I'm, I'm glad we're both doing that because I think it's really important, especially after the year we've had. I <laughs> so. know. I can, I literally cannot wait. I'm just yeah. so ready for a break and a change of scenery. That's something other than just a SoCal road trip, you know, which is lovely. We're very lucky sure. to live in a state that has so many options, but like. 
I'm just ready. I know. I'm, I am too, girl. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back and talk a little bit about mom goals. I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier that you still feel like in some ways you still have so much more to accomplish or so much more you want to do. Um, so I, you know, I want to know from you, you know, what advice do you have even for yourself or other moms that have goals beyond motherhood? Because I feel like a lot of moms I talk to when our kids are are little, which I still feel like ours are, you know, little, you know, mm-hmm. they're not teenagers and, you know, they still need us on a daily basis. Right. Um, you know, that a lot of our goals revolve around motherhood, you know, not as a, not as a woman or not as, a, you know, but around being a mom, you know, and so, so much of our identity is revolved around being a mom. So what advice do you have either that you take to, you know, for yourself and or for other moms that have goals that go beyond motherhood? Hmm. You mean like, as far as like work stuff and career stuff or yes. okay. this is something I, I, um, I think about a lot. It's, it drives, it's my driving force every day. And it is also sort of wrapped up in motherhood. So I have always been very career driven, a very hard worker. I started working the second I turned 16 and was eligible to work and have um, never stopped, basically. It's something that was sort of instilled in me when I was younger. Uh, My family was also not wealthy. um, So money was something that was, you know, hard earned. Um, and we didn't have much of, so I just worked very hard, but, um, I started motherhood in Hollywood, my podcast, because I wanted to find a way to do the things I love and talk about the things that interest me and that I enjoyed while still being home with my daughter and incorporating her in some way. I had no idea that it would grow into what it did, into motherhood in Hollywood that it is now. Um, And outside of that, though, I have always been a journalist. Um, I graduated from Oklahoma State with a journalism degree, so I've always been in journalism in some way or another. But I also, at the same time, was really into theater. I had a theater scholarship um, but was also taking journalism classes. So it was kind of this weird, like, I'm going to find some way to perform no matter what. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to find some way to get in there. Um, and which was actually one of the best things I've ever done was continue to get my journalism degree and pursue that. Because I don't think had I moved out to LA, you know, with a theater degree at 21 or gone to New York and tried to make it on Broadway or something, I don't know that I would have made it Um, Mm. I don't know that I would have had the um, career that I have now to sort of support my acting habit. I always just joke like, you know, journalism supports my acting habit. And um, Mm -hmm. I have very clear goals that I want to accomplish as an actor. And I've noticed that over the past few years, those have um, changed. And Mm. um, I say that because... I want to remind everybody or just encourage everybody to be prepared and be open for opportunities in your life as they come up. I Mm. thought when I moved out to LA that my career as a reporter, an on-camera reporter was done. I feel like that was the first chapter of my life and now I'm going to be an actor and a comedian and that's just what I do. Right. But I kept working in a newsroom, you know, as a writer and producer and whatnot. And then when I created Motherhood in Hollywood, this opportunity came up to be an entertainment reporter at NBC here in LA. And I was like, what? No, I'm, I haven't been a reporter in years. Like those days are, are gone, you know? And, you know, the news director was like, but that's basically what you do on your Motherhood in Hollywood mm-hmm. Instagram stuff and podcasts. You interview celebrities and you interview producers, writers, directors. And I was like, oh, I guess that is what I do. Like, oh, it hadn't even dawned on me that I was using those skills as a journalist in my podcast and on my social media. Like it didn't, that connection wasn't made and somebody else made that. And I was like, oh, I guess I could still do that. And then once I got back into that role of reporter, it was like riding a bike. I was like, oh, I do know how to put together a story. Wow. I do still have this skill set. It didn't go away, you know? Yeah. Um, So for now I am... I am still, and it is a daily struggle to find a way to can to get to my end goals and, and pursue my dreams 
while still making money for my family and still spending time with my daughter. And it's hard. I would be lying if I said it was easy. I know one of the questions you you sent and you <laughs> mentioned was like, how do you balance it all? Or like, do you sleep? Um, no, I do not. Uh, <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I do not sleep. I uh, This past year is the first time ever in like 20 years that I've gone to bed before 10. Like it's very unusual. And even then I lay there and I look at emails and stuff, but, um, I, I just have this constant need to be like moving towards what's next. Great. I've got this. Now I'm this entertainment reporter. What's next? What's that next step? What do I need to do to position myself to get into that next step? Um, great. I was on all these TV shows. What's my next step? Okay. That's, that is proving to be much harder and take much longer than I ever thought it was. When I first came out to LA, I had such, I had a lot of success right away. I was on a bunch of TV shows and an agent, I had a manager, I was working, I was a working actor. And then a couple of years ago, it all just sort of came to a grinding halt. Hmm. And my manager is like, um, that's because all of your focus is on this job as an entertainment reporter and host. Mm. Like you're not putting your focus and your energy anymore into your acting. You've done this. And I'm like, Oh, Oh gosh, you're right. I guess I have. And so that's sort of where I've been putting my focus and my energy is into my reporting job. Um, but like, I still have, I still have these goals in the back of my mind. Like I'm not ready to say, oh, I'm not an actor anymore. Even though right. I haven't, I haven't been on a set in three years. I'm not ready to give that side of my passion up. It's something I still hope to go back to. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, you know, I, some people don't like the word balance. Some people are like, oh, I think, gosh, I was on some podcast years ago where they were like, we don't like the B word. That's mm-hmm. a bad word. And I'm like, I love balance. I thrive on finding balance in my life. Cause if I didn't, my life would be chaos. I have so many moving parts between my, my job, my audition, my, my auditions, my family life, my content creation for motherhood in Hollywood, all of that. If I didn't find the balance and schedule time for each, I would be a hot mess express. And sometimes I feel like I am, but like there's, (laughs) Um, balance is a good thing. You're at least striving towards balance. That doesn't mean it's perfect. I think people get this misconception that when moms say they're looking for balance, that they're trying to be perfect. I just think me, when I hear balance, that means organized. Um, I've got a plan. I know I've got a schedule. Like that's what I think of when I hear the word balance. So I don't know if I answered your question or if I just rambled for 10 minutes, but hopefully yeah, no. there's an answer in there somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. Many, many good nuggets in there. So let's, let's stay on that topic of being organized because, so I talked to some working moms and they say, oh, I have like two or three. I, I met someone the other day who says she has six assistants, you know, one that, you know, handles her podcast, one that handles her social media, one that handles, you know, this and that. And I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, what am I doing wrong? Because I have no assistance. I do everything by myself, you know? And I think, okay, I try to stay as organized as possible. And like you said, I I do think there's, there's good in the word balance because it is being about, you know, intentional with your time. It is about prioritizing. It's about managing your day. So how do you, what do you think works for you best to do that? I mean, do you, do you have assistance? I know I don't, but do you um, have a really good planner or do you like plan out your week on a Sunday and then kind of, you know, plan out your week ahead of time, but what works for you in that way? Well, I'll tell you, we may know the same people because I have friends who also have six or seven assistants (laughs) from virtual assistants to in-person assistants to full-time nannies, um, SEO people, people who are managing their Pinterest. I don't have squat. I don't have any of that. It's all me and my husband. We can start a club then because I don't don't have that. And I'm, and I, and I do find myself being somewhat envious of that going, gosh, it's, it sure would be helpful to have an extra person to, um, reply to comments on my Instagram. Cause that's one thing I feel that's one area where I always feel bad. Like I'm failing in is there, I would love to spend hours a day commenting on everybody's pictures and seeking out new accounts to engage with so that they follow me. I would love to do that. I don't have that kind of time, but they have virtual assistants who do all of that on the back end, and people don't know. Like there are so many people who think that 
the person whose account it is, is responding to them, but it's not, right. it's their VA and that's fine. That's their, that's their choice. It, it maybe it's a smart way to do things. Um, and I, that's one area where I get frustrated because I feel like I'm just not engaging enough with people online. Like I would like to be, but I just don't have the time. So yeah, I don't have a virtual assistant. I do not, um, f- I, I'll tell you, I have three calendars. <laughs> I have, oh, nice. Okay. I have, uh, I have a Google calendar. I use my Gmail calendar a lot. I have a physical calendar that is um, on my desk at all times. And then I have my calendar on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the calendar that does motherhood and Hollywood stuff, a calendar that does stuff for NBC, and a calendar that does my personal um, things. So those three calendars um, I'm always looking at. I usually will either sit down on like maybe a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, get out my calendars for the week and go, okay, I have this content that's due this day. So I know I need to plan for it a day or two in advance or that morning of to try to get it done. And I also have a press junket on this day, which is going to take me out for several hours. I have screening on this day. I have to plot everything out yeah. so that I don't miss deadlines and I don't find myself. Because what happens if I don't, I have found myself overscheduled and overbooked. Yes. And then I'm not producing the quality content that I want to produce. So exactly. I have to, I also have really given myself some grace and empowered myself to say no a lot. I say no to my job. Because if I'm like, I don't have the time to do that, I'm not going to do that. I say no to um, collaborations when I'm like, I don't have the time to do that or the interest. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Which is different from five years ago. I was like, yes to everything Mm -hmm. and running myself into the ground. And now I feel like empowered to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. And know that it's not a bad thing. They're not going to be mad at me. They're not going to never work with me again. You know, it it is what it is. It's just part of life. You know, I, I... can't imagine that the CEO of huge corporations is sitting there going, Ooh, is this person going to be upset if I say no? You know what I mean? They're like, they're not, they're not. We forget sometimes as moms who are the CEO of this content and this world that we have, you know, that we are afraid of any repercussions if we turn something down or we prioritize things that maybe other people don't expect us to prioritize a certain way, you know, like sure, you have to, you have to be comfortable running your own business and running your family. I don't want to say running your family. You're not a mafia yeah. boss, <laughs> but like, you know, you have to be comfortable being that leader in your group to, to say yes or no to certain things. Yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, a, a big, a big thing right now is, you know, being able to set boundaries, be able to say no and, you know, be okay if you don't do everything, you know, because I'm a lot like you and I, I'm I'm still a yes person. I still want to try and do it all. But then sure. I notice myself getting completely burnt out or like you said, double scheduling myself or, you know, whatever the case may be. And there's power in setting boundaries. There's power in saying no. And, you know, I've had, you know, companies come back to me after saying no to them, you know, a year later saying, is this a good time? And then it might happen to be. And, you know, it's, you know, like you said, they're maybe almost going to respect you more for it than trying to fit it all in when you know you can't get your best work. I think it's that, but I also, you know, these publicists who reach out for collaborations in in particular, and I'm just talking about like collabs and social media stuff right now, the publicist and the the websites and stuff like that, they're reaching out to a lot of different people and they would rather know yes or no. Okay, great. I don't think they take it as personally as we think they do. I think they just go, okay, cool. And then they move on. Like they don't have the time to necessarily dwell on it like we do, you know? Right. Um, And so that's something I always try to remind people too. Like they're not sweating it. You shouldn't sweat it. It's just business. It's just business. I go back to that CEO of a huge corporation. They're not sitting there toiling over going, gosh, I hope I didn't just ruin a relationship. You know, like they're like, it's business. I did this. I said, yes, no, I can, this can move forward. This can't like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, And that's hard to do because we're emotional creatures and we do get wrapped up in the oh, but I want this so bad. And the FOMO, like I see ads all the time that I've passed on and I'll see somebody else do it. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I do that? That looks so fun. You know, it's hard. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's that. And I think also, you know, I think we're about the same age. And honestly, I think there's a a sense of maturity that comes with that because I know when I was younger, I couldn't do it, you know, but now I feel a little more, I don't know, settled in my own skin where it's a little easier for me to, to say no or to, you know, set certain boundaries. And, um, I'm honestly a little mentally healthier for doing it. So, yeah. Um, And I think you do a good job. What I've always wanted to know is, is it hard for you to say no to Disney stuff? (laughs) Yes. Because I was going to say, because I have a feeling you probably wouldn't, would not. Like there's a, you know, a group of our friends who are, who guys are all so passionate about Disney. And I feel like I want to empower you to be like, it's okay to say no to Disney. They will come back to you. Like, it's okay, but I know it's hard. I know you guys love it so much. I know it is. That that is one of my hard ones, and it's funny because when you said that, that my husband one time asked me about something, and I said, "Yeah, but you can't say no to Disney." And I literally said those words to him and caught myself <laughs> saying that. And he's like, "Well, why not?" And you know, I'm like, "But you just don't get it," you know. Um, but yeah, that is a hard one. That is a hard one to say no to. Well, I think that the part that's hard too, even, you know, beyond Disney is like you said, like people will come to you and they think, oh, well that would be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, grow a brand and a business and, you know, some of it is, is pretty good money and it's hard to say no to some, you know, things that come through. And I think I'll be able to squeeze that in, you know, just because I want to make a certain amount for my family every year, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, like I said, but then I just get burned at both ends and, you know, which is why we're talking today about how to balance, you know, mom, wife and work life, because it, there, there is a little bit of a dance you have to do to it sometimes. And I think what you said really hit the nail on the head is being able to say no sometimes and set boundaries. And that's um, really important to remember on, on trying to balance it all. Um, yeah. So, okay, real quick, because I know we're kind of coming to the end here, but I really want to touch upon mom guilt. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm looking for reassurance that I'm not the only one. But, you know, two things I want to touch on is, you know, being as driven as as you and I both are in our careers um, and, you know, wanting to accomplish, you know, so many things. And I feel like I'm always conflicted because I feel like I have two careers that I, I've been trying to meld together for years. As you know, Heather, I um, have my master's in TV broadcasting from mm-hmm. Syracuse. And I've, I mean, I worked in, uh, actually, I don't know if you know this, I actually um, was an intern at ABC and worked with George Pinocchio for many years. Oh my years, God, or, or, I love yeah, that. And for many years ago, and um, I wanted to be an entertainment reporter. And so nice. I- naively thought once I graduated, I could just move to LA and do it like you did, but I couldn't. (laughs) So here I am, but. And it's even more competitive now. I have to say like, it's, it's hot. It's one of the most highly competitive industries. I get asked every week how I got my job, how, um, if, if my station is hiring entertainment reporters or hosts and I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it is. And, you know, and I, I guess I just, anyway, I went down a different path, but I did Mm -hmm. do some, you know, reporting, you know, I worked for E and I worked for entertainment tonight and inside edition. And I did, you know, some of that. So I had a little bit of a taste of it and I loved it. And I always dreamed that one day I would be able to, you know, uh, be some sort of, you know, in the reporting realm. I love interviewing. That's why I started my podcast too. So I can get a little bit of that taste. Um, you know, but to maybe like host a show, you know, or, or host something. And, and so now it seems like everyone has their own show if you have one on YouTube or whatnot. So I'm sure I could pre- sorry, probably start that too, but, you know, conflicted with, you know, the, the psychology and therapy side of my career that I pursued after, you know, all of that. And then of course, being a mom and really trying to prioritize and put that first, especially when my kids are young. Cause as you know, it goes by pretty quickly and, you know, I don't want it to go by and me think, oh, I put all of my effort into my job and now my kids are grown up and I miss their childhood because I was working so much, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, hence comes the guilt um, and trying to figure that out. I know you mentioned maybe a week or two ago that you, uh, I think it was on a Saturday maybe, but you had to do a little work um, possibly for NBC and you had to miss um, your daughter's soccer game mm-hmm. and how it was a little conflicting for you because, you know, you love your job and, you know, you love your career and you're very driven. But then of course you also also want to be there for your daughter and, you know, see her do soccer and whatnot. So how do you deal with some of that guilt, you know, with balancing the the career life and the mom life? I would say 
it's on a case by case basis, a day to day basis, because yeah. I am working all, almost all the time. And, I'm, and when I say working, I mean, I'm either working on something for motherhood in Hollywood, or I am working on something for my job or an audition. Like I'm always, something is always going on. It's very rare that I'm just like chilling. Yeah. Um, same. And those Saturdays that my daughter plays soccer were my, were so special. And my one day of the week when I could just sit and do nothing and just watch her play. I put my phone down because I love soccer. I grew up playing soccer. And so oh, I nice. love watching her play. She hates it and she doesn't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, so those days are over Oh um, no! <laughs> for now. Maybe she'll revisit in the fall, but, um, right. but I think she says she hates it because she knows how much I love it and she's a stinker. Uh, so, um, yeah. So it's hard. I feel like I miss out on a lot of things. And that one in particular, I was just sort of feeling melancholy that day because I had a press junket that was seven hours of my time. It was stupid. I was like, this is so much time. And, um, they're not usually that long. Sometimes there are two or three hours, but this one was all spread out throughout the day. So I couldn't like leave and come back. And anyway, it was just really long. And, um, it's frustrating and it's disappointing, but it is, um, it's what happens when you're a working mom. Yeah. You know, there are sacrifice. There are moms that go into the office from seven to seven, from mm-hmm. nine to five, you know, whatever their hours may be. And they don't get that daytime. I can still have lunch with my daughter. Right. You know, when she was going to school, I could pick her up from school every day. And we would hang out in the afternoon for a little bit, you know? So I still feel very lucky that I do get to spend time with her. And I have to, every week, make a priority to carve out some time for us. Even if we're just like on her you know, lunch break, we go outside and we jump on the trampoline. I force myself to stop working for a little bit and just be like, no, this is my time with her. And I do feel bad. I do have moments where I feel guilty, but I also know that... I have always been a driven person. I was a driven person before I became a mom. And that side of yourself, whatever it was, doesn't always go away when you become a mom. It shifts. Your priorities shift. You know, she's still my priority hands down. If she came in here right now, you know, and was like, mom, I need you. I'd be like, hold on. You know, um, you're, she's my world, but that doesn't mean I'm not still the person I was and still don't have the goals and dreams that I had before I became a mom. Mm. And so I have to remind myself of that. Um, and not to feel guilty. I don't, I don't want to feel bad that I have aspirations and that I have dreams. You know, I want her to see that I work towards my dreams and I'm not just giving up on them to be her mom. Like, I think she would be like, why is my mom sitting around all the time? Just staring at me. You know, know? like why is my mom always like all up in my business all the time? Like I want her to see that I work because there was a time when she was little where I wasn't working. I was, uh, I wasn't, uh, I only worked like one day a week or two days a week or something at NBC. And, um, it was on the weekends and, um, the rest of the time, Monday through Friday, it was me and her all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And she, I, she used to be like, mommy doesn't have to work. And I'm like, I work. It's just different kind of work. I still work. I have a job. And she would be like, no, mommy, you, mommy just stays home with me. Um, and right. I think it's important for me for her to see that I work hard and that I am then able to pay our bills or buy us a trip somewhere or whatever because I work hard. Um, That is something that's important to me. I know that's not for everybody. There are some people who are like, I have kids. That's all I want in life. I just want to be that mom that's there all the time. I get that. But that's not who I am and it's not what I want her to see of me. If right. that makes any sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I hope it doesn't sound like I just ignore my kid and I'm like, I'm mommy's working. Get out of here. You know, it's not like that at all. But no, um, no. But I certainly have goals and I want her to see that it takes hard work to reach your goals. You know, yes. they don't just happen. Yeah. And I think that's one thing the pandemic did is because before the pandemic, um, there was a time where I would drop my daughter off at preschool. I'd drop my son off at daycare. And then I would actually go to an office, like you mentioned, from like nine to five, basically. And I'd miss the entire day with them. But there was a certain amount of guilt that came with that because I literally wasn't with them for most of their day. And then 
all, and then, you know, fast forward to now, and now I'm home every day, all day with them because they've both been, you know, virtually learning the entire year. And so now they see me work all the time. And so now they, you know, make comments to me, mommy, you're always working. Mommy, you're always have your phone or your computer or whatever the case is. And now I feel guilty because they see me working all the time versus before they didn't have to see it, but they weren't with me. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. there's, you know, it's like, you can't win. Um, right. but, but I do like the fact, and you mentioned this, that, that I want to reiterate is that, you know, we're really teaching our children a really good work ethic too, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. especially as women, I feel like to, to have a prominent job and, you know, big goals. And I feel like that's a really good lesson that you're teaching your daughter. And that I feel like I'm teaching my kids as well. I hope so. I hope so. And again, I want to reiterate that I know that that's not for everybody. Sure. Some people thrive on on um, having motherhood as the primary focus of their day. And I think that's wonderful. I think what's great is about the world and about life is that there is space for everybody. There's space for all walks of life and all dreams, you know, um, Absolutely. not to sound too kumbaya, but like um, yeah. there is space for that. And it doesn't make your experience less than. My experience doesn't make anybody else's experience less than. It's just right. different. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's true. And there's some days I do just kind of throw it all to the wind and I say, okay, I'm just taking the day off, you know, and that's great about somewhat being an entrepreneur, you know, and having a flexible part-time job that I, that I have on the side, in addition to all these other things I do is that I can, you know, kind of make my schedule where I could schedule in, you know, a day off here, a day off there and almost pretend like I don't work at all. (laughs) Be mom for the day. And it's great. And I, I like having that balance and that that's the great thing about owning partly I, I I do have an actual job job, but you know, um, but you know, the social media side and the blog and all of that, um, you know, I'm in control of that and I can control yes. how much I work on it. And that's really nice being a mom with young kids of, of being able to make an income, but also have the flexibility to be my own boss and give myself time off if I need it or want it, you know? And that's what um, I loved about starting my podcast. I was like, wow, this is incredibly empowering. I'm in charge. I decide who I interview. I decide when I do my podcast, I set my own schedule and like, it's very empowering, um, to have a podcast and to have a platform. Exactly. All right. Two more questions, Miss Heather. All right. right. I would love to know since we do sound like we have a lot alike in the sense we're, you know, we're, we're working all the time. And like you said, it's, you know, (laughs) between being now a dog mom, you're a dog mom, you're, you know, mom to your daughter, you have all these other things going on in your life. How do you decompress after a long, stressful day? And where do you find that time for yourself? Okay, listen, I eat a lot of cheesecake. <laughs> um, this is also why. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, when I decompress, um, it is probably not in the same way other people may think of decompressing. For me, sitting down to watch like a Marvel movie is decompressing Mm. sitting um, or going for a walk with my dog and chanting on her scooter uh, is a nice little way to decompress. I will um, sit on the couch and have a piece of cheesecake or something and be like, ah, so it's like just little things like that. I love a good spa day, but I'm not one of those people that goes on like that really feels the need to go on like a mindfulness retreat or something or um, I don't do a lot of like, Zen type things like that. Maybe I should. It might help me quiet my crazy brain sometimes. But um, that's really what I do. It's super simple stuff. Like just on a Friday like night that. watching a Marvel movie. Like for me, I'm like, ah, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's doable because most moms, whatever profession you're in, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a working mom, et cetera, you know, having those little nuggets of time actually is much more practical than taking a whole day off for a spa day or yeah. now not many spas are even open right now, but right. you know, having those little pieces where you take a quick walk or watch a show are, are definitely more practical and doable, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah, real moms can actually small. do. Yeah, something small, a good cup of coffee. Like every morning I go to our favorite coffee shop and I get a cup of coffee. Yes, I could make coffee here. We have a beautiful coffee pot, but I love just getting out for those 15, 20 minutes, go to my coffee shop, say hello to my coffee people and get my cup of coffee. Like they're yeah. just something sort of relaxing to me about that. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are done, but really quick, I know you've interviewed a lot of celebrities and so I'm sure um, people at home would love to hear if you have a favorite celebrity interview that you've had in your career. 
Oh my gosh. A favorite celebrity interview. Um, There has been a lot, as you said, and I was trying to think about this, like who is your favorite? It's, it's probably something, um, someone that's very deeply personal to me. And it's a musician by the name of Mike Doty. He's a Mm. singer songwriter and he used to be the front man for a band called soul coughing in the nineties. Yes. Um, and when for our 10 year anniversary, um, I had no 15 year anniversary, sorry for a 15 anniversary. Five years ago, I had just started motherhood in Hollywood. I was about a year in and I reached out to him, um, and asked him if he would like to be on my podcast. He's not a mom and he's not in Hollywood and he doesn't right. have any kids. <laughs> So I thought for sure he would say no. And the reason I did is because Chris and I, he was one of the first concerts Chris and I saw together besides Vanilla Ice. And um, (laughs) and (laughs) I thought it would be a cool gift and a way to surprise Chris for our 15-year anniversary to be like, oh, and by the way, here's one of your favorite musicians. He's coming to our house for my podcast. Wow. And to my surprise and delight, he said yes. And he came to our house and we had lunch together. We talked for like two hours. My husband was over the moon, just like elated. Like it was just the best day, the best experience on a personal level. He was so open about his history of like drug addiction and rehabilitation and where he finds inspiration for his music and the music industry. Like he was so great. Um, So that was one of my favorite interviews but because it was such a deeply personal interview. So I've had a lot of interviews that were really fun. Sure. Um, but to be honest, most of the interviews I have to do for NBC, I don't have right. a, I don't have time to go in depth with them. We're only given right. like three or four minute time slots. So you have to get in there, get your questions for your story and get out. You don't have time to like get to know them and really hear their story, you know? Right. Um, So that's what I loved about my podcast is that I get to do that. And I loved, um, I love talking with them. So everybody, if you haven't heard of Mike Doty, please check out his music. It's really wonderful. I love it. Heather, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Heather Brooker on Twitter at Heather Brooker. And my podcast is at motherhoodandhollywood.com. Please subscribe. I would love for you to listen. <laughs> I don't do, um, we only do like one or two episodes a month now. And Chris is like my official co-host now. I've kind of roped him, roped him into it during the pandemic. Um, but we do still put out some funny podcasts and they're more um, entertainment and parenting uh, focused with from our perspective. So yeah. Well, I am a subscriber and I am a huge fan of yours. I love having you as a friend. Thank you so much for being here today. And everyone, please, if you're not already following her or check out her podcast, I mean, definitely she is a good, good person to know. So thank you, Heather. (laughs) Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.